getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome back, etc. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are um, today. We're really excited to have Durgadas Duriel on the show. I actually mm-hmm. have to ask him. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but I think it's Durgadas Alan Duriel. But okay. if I'm wrong, we'll find out later. We'll fix it in post. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it'll be me only. It'll we'll we'll replace it with a beep, (laughs) and then your voice saying it over (laughs) the correct over me the correct way. That's right. That's right. Totally. Let's try. Let's try what that'll look like. Okay, and today we have Durgadas Ariel. Mm. No, I don't. I couldn't remember. No, I know. Okay, well, regard this part out. (laughs) Sorry, Durgadas. I should have taken the time to learn your name. Better. Um, I think first name is good. I mean, anyway, we Durgadas. You don't really need a last name. I think so. Um. Anyway, we're really excited to talk to him, and uh, we will do that soon. Um, but anyway, we were thinking about what this opening segment segment will be like because just a little BTS behind the scenes when I was um, envisioning this podcast at first, it was to, you know, give people more tools and give the um, phrase woo woo some more weight, like show how transformative it is yeah. but i was going to be a solo cast and then brett had the idea what if we talk together yeah. which was a great idea i and... shoehorned myself right in there <laughs> but the point being that our first segment we hadn't really solidified so we're kind of right. trying out new things what yeah. we want to do etc etc so right now we are thinking of talking just in the beginning a little bit about one thing and one thing only, JK, uh. that we're excited about this week, <laughs> which will give yeah. people a little bit of insight into what we're doing. I will say I'm going to do one and a half because right now our cat David is on my lap and I'm pretty <laughs> excited to have him here. David is an exciting cat to have around, although David does not distribute love equally in this household. No. He is highly <laughs> focused on you. <laughs> well, even on me, he's not highly focused. But when he is with me, like, he doesn't spend a great deal of time with me. I wish he would spend more time right. with me. Well, I should right. say the love he does give out is mm-hmm. aimed at you or right. appears to be aimed at me when he is hungry. Mm, yeah. He's very Real mercenary, cute. That extremely cute. Anywho, my thing that I'm excited about this week is kind of funny to say it this way, but is Charlie Puth. <laughs> 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 so I discover, like, of course, I knew who he was. He's a, if you don't, not of course. Of course. He's a, you know, a singer. A to- would you? What would you call pop him? singer? Would, pop singer. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is not my general. Um, taste in music. I'm Although not I would say you're no stranger to it. I'm no stranger, <laughs> but I would say I'm more of a indie rock that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy the pop. 
um, yeah. from time to time. Maybe a lot of the time. I don't know. The point is <laughs> that I discovered his Instagram and TikTok, and he's so he's just very very talented and funny and like he will take a noise like a door opening and then he can identify because he has perfect pitch he identifies what the note is and then he will turn it into a song on his computer like adding like you know changing the pitch or like yeah Mm -hmm. adding yeah it's pretty amazing yeah it's really inspiring to um listen to and he's funny um, I, I realize how old I am because I feel <laughs> maternal towards him, maybe. I feel like yeah. I don't know if he'd be good in a, re- in a relationship, and I'd like to counsel him about why he keeps getting into toxic relationships. But, yeah. whereas, well, I, you know, a while yeah. ago, I would have wanted to date him, I guess. Right. And change him. <laughs> Hopefully a long while ago, given yeah, how long we've is. been together. Yeah, um, I appreciate about him how vulnerable he is on that TikTok. Like, Ooh, well, yeah. and even in some of his songs, like he's like mm-hmm. really kind of uh, laying out some uh, some very vulnerable uh, inner monologues in those yeah. uh, in those songs. Well, he made a video when he was crying, right. where he was crying about how hard that year was for him that he wrote this particular song about i'm a little distracted because you would be okay with me um you (laughs) are fine with me being you know having little like being attracted to celebrities you don't have an issue oh no i have no i have no issue with that i was i was i was mostly joking um but also you did say i would want to date him oh and uh, that but it was mostly a joke Mm -hmm. i mean even if, <laughs> it's not like that would have been reasonable, like a thing that know. could have happened. I don't know. I disagree. That's if true. You'd set your mind I, to the, it. the circles I run in, baby. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> what about you? Well, I'm going to do one and a half things too. Oh, so starting wow! Off with two rule breakers. Mm. Um. Well, one thing that I'm excited, actually, this is maybe two half things, but so combining to one whole, um, I've been drawing a lot this week, uh, again, which is, uh, has been really nice. Um, I, again, uh, again, yeah. So I consider myself an artist, but I don't actually do that much art, uh, Mm because you know, I don't set aside time for myself but i've i've been back at my desk as we mentioned last week which has opened up the possibility to have you know like just a sketch pad with me um and it's just been really great it like it just ha- it really mm. lifts my spirits to ah. be drawing um i want to say something here because you know when we talk of clutter clearing and uh-huh. stuff which um friend of the show my former co-host Tess Whitehurst talks about last a lot. week's guest. Uh huh. Yeah, she would often talk about like basically that's always a thing that's going to help you energetically yeah. speaking, and or like lift your mood or whatever. It does it has a variety of ways it can help, and I find it really interesting. That is like a way that clutter clearing really helped without yes, you know maybe putting those things together. Like for instance, like you didn't do like you didn't have us clean out that closet so that you could have room to be at your desk so that right. you could so that art, I could but draw that's what again. happened right yeah right. it's really interesting and, yeah and it wouldn't have happened because i'd been working on the couch for so in my office for so long uh and they're just like that's the dogs would have been next to me there wouldn't have been a place to do that so yeah that that is uh a definite i am not a side effect but a an unanticipated direct effect of uh, of having done the clutter clearing. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm excited about this week is I've been listening to a uh, book called um, Let There Be Light. And it's a, sounds religious, but it's not, it's a um, sort of uh, physics and philosophy book that is exploring a new idea of how to conceive of consciousness, which mm-hmm. is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. And I have not ingested this book anywhere near enough to really talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But 
the main thing that is so exciting to me about this is that it's positing the idea that rather than consciousness being something that everybody has, mm -hmm. it is something that all of existence is in, mm -hmm. which, which is, you know, potentially um, solves sort of like a, a few uh, problems that I've had when I think about consciousness. Wait. So. What do you mean by that? That it's in. So rather than rather than like a human being possessing consciousness or mm -hmm. like consciousness arising out of yeah, um, I get that. Yeah, it yeah. is the consciousness is part of the universe that we are in, and by observing it, we are accessing that consciousness. Oh, so it's not. It's saying that like. We don't have it. That that to that nobody has it. Like mm -hmm. any more than you right. would say that a fish in water has water. Like they are mm. in the water. And I, I mean see. again, like I'm not prepared to like explain this book, but it's right. really it's really you don't exciting. Have to. Um, well, I mean, I'm just saying if I don't, if I don't answer your questions, well, that's uh, that's why. well, you're but, out of here if you don't answer my uh, questions. Well. So much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what do they maybe you haven't gotten this far, but I'm curious what they have to say about like other well well other dimensions. You mean none? That, oh. Like but also when you die, so that means that you die and then there's no consciousness, like you don't nothing happens to you. Well, I suspect that this book will not have anything to say about that. Because oh. it is sort of, wow. it is trying to, um, it's trying to limit itself in some ways to um, what can be proven. Um, so it is, it is a sciencey book. It's not, an, it's not just sciencey. Like there was an entire chapter about transcendental meditation and how mm. that is a way to access consciousness. Oh, I see. Um, but. Um, I, so I don't know for sure that they won't answer that. But um, one of the things that is exciting to me about it is like this idea that if we are, if people or beings are in consciousness, mm -hmm. that to me potentially solves the question of like what else can be in conscious. Like we tend, or well, science thinks of like pretty much everything except humans as not being conscious. Right. Uh, but the way this book lays it out, that idea could be extended to really any living thing, um, which is mm. interesting. That's interesting because actually I was just watching a reel by our guest, Durgadas, and he, it was an old one, but or it was a TikTok, I think. Anyway, he was mentioning, well, we're all, oh, shoot, I'm going to mess it up. But it was something about how we're all worthy, like we're born with worthiness. You can't take it away. And that we all have value all living things and then he did he said and non-living things so huh. which was interesting maybe yeah. we can ask him about that yeah um but yeah that's interesting i don't think i like it but i'll be interested <laughs> to hear more <laughs> what don't you like about it um well, I guess it also depends on what consciousness means, but it definitely feels to me like, um, for instance, when I talk to dead people, mm -hmm. they're very, there's definitely some kind of consciousness that I'm talking to and they don't have a physical body. You don't have to have a physical body. Oh, I, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. Great. But actually Sign one of the up. things... <laughs> One of the things that I that I uh, that is exciting to me about this book is that it does seem to make potentially. I don't want to put words in this author's mouth, but it does seem to potentially align better with some of the experiences that I've had in the woo-woo realm. Like what? Um, uh, well, like talking to people that have passed, for example. Um, like the idea that the that consciousness is tied to um to perception and so if something that survives the body is capable of perception that that consciousness could also survive 
So again, but if you're, I, you don't have to keep caveating this. We're 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 just having a conversation. Well, that's I know, okay. but do you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's confusing because if you're saying that if that thing is perception, but I thought you were saying that we don't have consciousness, so therefore we don't it, have it. We are mm-hmm. in it. Right. So you're saying that even if we're not in a body, like we yes. die, we could still be in it. Yes. The oh, whatever is doing the perceiving could continue perceiving and being conscious outside of a body. Is oh. I, that that is not in the book. That is my okay. potential interpretation of this book. So Okay. Well, you know what? When you've read more, come back and talk to us. I Thanks will. Thanks for being here. We'll do a book JK. report. Maybe we could add a book report <laughs> segment. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Write us. Let us know. Do you want a book report? <laughs> or do you want book recommendations? Anyway, that's a little segue into saying you can email us at gettingtoknowwoo at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, if you would like t- us to answer a question or if you have questions, go ahead. I love reading them. And <laughs> maybe not answering JK, I also do like answering. Um, just it may not always be appropriate to answer right. on the air or right. sur l'air. Le, I just wanted to add a little French. I don't even know if, if that is air in French. I don't know either. But it sounded French. <laughs> Thank you. And it made sur me think l'air. of I Love, I Love Lucy, oh. that episode where she's trying to learn French. <laughs> okay. And if we have French listeners... Bonjour, or perhaps bonsoir, depending on what time of day it is, right? Anywho, um, yeah, and listen, we absolutely love your reviews. Please keep Uh, them coming. Yes. We love them so much. I was going to read one just, you know, to get people in the, you know, feeling part of the community. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people like to hear, like, oh, I won't say names, but... um, Maybe I'll read. Well, no, I don't know. It feels self-serving in some way, so I'm not going to this time. Oh, but all right. it, maybe um, if you do leave a review and you want me to read it, send me an email. <laughs> you got to email us. That's right. Hmm? I was going to say the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, tell a friend. Spread the word. You know, one thing I am noticing about podcasts is um, it really is a lot of word of mouth. So... You know, when you tell yeah. a friend, it's very helpful for us. And when you review us, it's also helpful because apparently it helps the algorithm yeah. situation. Whatever that is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, what else? Is there anything else we want to say? I guess I could do it real quick. You can find me at highestlighthealing.com. I've been doing a lot of... I love making reels. I know... It's like what you're quote unquote supposed to do, apparently. I mean, Instagram is such a narcissist parent <laughs> to me. It's yeah. like, oh my God, they changed what what will make them love me again. <laughs> um, yeah. Will make me love them. Make them love you. Make, yeah, them love me again. Yeah. It's and just always changing. Never tell so, you. Yeah. No. And then at the last minute, they'll tell me. And then it's like, oh, my God. Anyway, but I really do love making those. So and I've started on TikTok as well. So you can find me over there. And um, I also have ways to work with me in a th- three month container, although I think that is um, probably going to be a few weeks out that anyway you can see what's happening my point being that i think i'm at capacity um (laughs) we should start a waiting list for that perhaps perhaps he um producer slash husband brad is also my assistant um (laughs) anyway but i do still have one off um sessions available you can find me at highestlighthealing.com okay so do you you know of any good books i could pre-order Oh, thank you so much. I my was just book. In general. Oh, your book. <laughs> That's right. My book, even though actually at this point, well, it's coming out uh on Thursday, I think they may have the artwork done. Right Ooh. now it's just a blank 
a blank situation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you pre-order it, that would be so great. It lets my publisher know that people care about me. <laughs> yeah, that we got heat. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so it's called Healing Your Inner Child. You can find it on Amazon and Brett will put a note in the show notes. Yes. Okay, so we are going to interview Durgadas about his new book, Worthy As You Are, which is just so good. And on TikTok, he gives little bits of wisdom that are so soothing and just calm my nervous system. I mean, they're so short, like, I don't know, maybe 15 seconds. And every one of them are just so potent in terms of wisdom and then also just calming. His presence is so calming. So I'm so excited for you all to learn about his book and get it because it's, yeah, it's just really great. So Durgadis Alain Duriel is a licensed clinical social worker and a certified holistic health practitioner working in private practice. He is a formal practitioner of magic with more than 20 years of experience and has practiced yoga and meditation for over 15 years. He holds a master's degree in social welfare from UCLA. Durgadis, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. good to talk to you again. Yes. Yes. Durgadis was on my last podcast, Magic Monday. Yeah. Um, which is how and I get to met. actually talk to you instead of just edit you. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Brett was the producer. Um, and I've already told listeners before we started talking how much I love your TikToks and how oh, much, you. yeah, they really calm me down. Just like <laughs> the moment, I think because I'm new to TikTok, that's mm-hmm. not why they calm me down, but I'm new to TikTok. <laughs> and so I think maybe you are the only person I know on there who actually posts regularly. So mm-hmm. I always see your posts. <laughs> and it's just like this really nice entrance. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Do you like it? Well, I'm doing a little, I think I'm doing like a little re-strategizing oh. with TikTok right now. Yeah. But um, I do, I do. I'm, I'm also new to TikTok. I think I've been on there for like four months or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting medium. I'm getting used to the like very short video format. Yeah. But I also kind of want to do longer videos. Yeah. So, um, but what has helped me with it is it's basically like reading a tweet oh. and, <laughs> and embellishing on it a little bit. Oh. So yeah. I'm very used to like tweeting. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like, okay, well, now I'm just going to add three sentences and then yeah. that's the TikTok video. Wow. Well, it works. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we're here to talk about your book, Worthy As You Are, which is also what you, you talk, you incorporate the book into TikTok, right? Is that yes. what part of, yeah. yeah. So can you tell, and also you're a therapist, right? In your yes. IRL life. Clinical social worker. Yeah. Okay. And you see people like one-on-one all day Mm -hmm. long is that well not all day long but yes okay yeah so I I see um yeah my I'm a therapist in private practice and I usually see four clients a day oh wow that's a lot I can I can't I have to only see one client (laughs) I do something (laughs) different than you do because I'm also doing energy healing but I Mm. honestly it's I I can't do more than that but so you incorporate your in your book a combination of your spiritual practice right and your um mental health practice your Mm -hmm. your therapist practice can you tell us a little bit about that like how that came about and how the book represents that yeah so when i was in my early 20s i went through a spiritual training program that was very intensive And it led to a lot of, excuse me, it led to a lot of inner transformation and healing. And some of that was about connecting with the divine. And some of that was about working on the mind, Mm. you know, questioning thoughts and Mm. learning from your experiences and just sort of becoming more introspective in a particular way. And then when I was out of that training program, eventually I learned that there was a type of psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy that had some very similar elements to it. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily have the same long-term objective because the spiritual work was more about, wasn't really just, you know, CBT is about improving your well-being kind of right. only, whereas the spiritual path I was on was about more than that. But it was very similar in the way that you were questioning thoughts and looking at the nature of thought and thoughts mm. relationship to emotion. So I mm. thought, cool, I can go to school and become a therapist and do something very similar on one level to what benefited me so much in my spiritual training as a professional. Mm. And so then that's what I did. And part of the reason why I wrote the book is because, well, first of all, the book is a marriage of cognitive behavioral therapy as I practice it as somebody who's been working for, you know, almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And what, what therapists tend to do is over time, we sort of refine the approach we're working with Mm -hmm. based on what we see works in our practice and what doesn't, when we learn new information, we Mm. sort of weave it in. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is like my good at it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But so this is like, it's not like Orthodox CBT. It's sort of like me as I practice CBT now with the feedback that I've received or that I've seen other people have about CBT, other things I've learned. Um, I like to say it's like hardier, like, like mm. H-E-A-R-T than mm-hmm. CBT <laughs> usually is. And mm. a little bit more um, totally focused on compassion and things mm. like that. But it's marrying that with um, spiritual practice. Because that is what benefited me so much. And so part of the reason why I wrote it is because I think there are a lot of great books about CBT, but they don't usually say anything about spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then they do have some of the issues that I was talking about before, where it's like some people have some criticisms of CBT that are very valid. Mm. And so I address those in my book. And then the other piece is that there's a lot of self-help books that I think are really good, but they don't usually have the rigorous process of questioning and challenging thoughts mm. or the sort of formula for well-being that you tend to see in CBT. So I thought it'd be really great if you put it all together, mm-hmm. right? And so that's a lot of what the book is. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's me sharing my experiences as a therapist and personally um, with what I've seen work really, really well in um, supporting increased well-being. Mm-hmm. Are, are you able to integrate these two in your actual practice, the spiritual side and the CBT side, or are there limits to what you're able to do as a yeah. licensed social yeah. worker? So when I'm working as a therapist, I do not talk about spirituality pretty much mm. at all, unless somebody is interested in it and brings it up themselves and it's right. their background, right? So there are Christian therapists who right. build them, who you know, advertise that they are Christians that therapists, and then we'll talk about Christianity in therapy. So if I have mm-hmm. a client who independently reveals to me that they're really into something that I know something about, mm-hmm. you know, like I have some clients who are really into Buddhism. I have some clients who are really into some new age teachings. Mm-hmm. Then I might talk about it to the extent that they want to talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's not central in the approach, the mm-hmm. way that it is and worthy as you are. Mm-hmm. So for people who aren't familiar with CBT, mm-hmm. can you explain it just like what it generally yes. is before your emphasis on it? Yeah. So the central premise of cognitive behavioral therapy is that how we think and how we act affects how we feel and it affects what we perceive. So mm-hmm. the reality that we perceive, right, is, is directly shaped by what we think and believe. Mm-hmm. So what CBT is about is... Um, some researchers recognized that a lot of people with depression and anxiety tend to have really strong, distorted, negative beliefs Mm. about themselves or life or the world Mm. that either show up just when they're depressed or are more persistent. And Mm. so if you engage in a practice of questioning those beliefs, it can lead to some alleviation in the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. So if like, for example, if the reason why I feel profound despair is I, because I believe that nothing ever works out for me and I'll never mm-hmm. be good enough. Mm-hmm. And then I start questioning those thoughts and don't believe them anymore. The emotional reaction is not as severe because whatever I'm believing now is not as extreme as what those thoughts were. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of what CBT is. And then there's also um, an action side related to self-care, 
acting on behalf of your well-being. You know, um, a lot of people with depression, for example, tend to withdraw, Mm. isolate, um, stop engaging in pleasurable activities. And some of that is because they just sort of don't feel motivated or they feel kind of numb or down enough not to want to do those things. Mm -hmm. But the research is like, if you can get people to start doing stuff, it tends to help right the ship. Mm -hmm. So that's also part of CBT. So it's looking at thoughts and actions with the idea that how we think and how we act affects how we feel. Mm. So you get them to like question their or investigate maybe their Mm -hmm. thoughts, like what the core, what's underneath their thoughts or just what the thoughts are. Yeah. So like it would be common in CBT to be like, if you have a strong feeling Mm-hmm. to think about the thoughts that likely are the beliefs that likely inspired that I feeling. See. Okay. And um, so there is in terms of the, the deeper levels, there's something called Socratic questioning in formal CBT, where you are trying to go down the line of like, okay, well, you have this thought, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And what might be underneath that? And what might be underneath that? And then you try to sort of get to the core belief at the mm-hmm. root of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then with your spiritual practice, right? is this too like hard to answer? I don't know. But how do you then what might that look like marrying the two? If like, let's say somebody's really anxious right. about, um, I don't know, they have a meet like a job interview or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you marry those two? Well, so. The way that it shows up for me, and this is where the new thought side of it comes in, because I have experience with like new thought teachings too, Mm. is that, so CBT where, you know, if you're feeling really anxious, you'd look at the thoughts, you'd question the thoughts, but then what are you affirming? Right. So, Mm. so yes. So we've questioned the thoughts and that's part of it. We've shown that this is probably not fact-based or accurate or Mm -hmm. wise, there's some issue with this thought, but now what, what's Uh the new thought? And so for me in integrating spirituality with CBT, the new thought is often something that integrates spiritual beliefs or spiritual experiences, right? So as a, yeah. So a cognitive behavioral therapist is not going to say to somebody to affirm that they are divine, Right. Right. Or all beings (laughs) are divine. So I am too. Where, you know, but that's a great affirmation for depression if you believe it. Right. Right. If it's part of your belief system. Right. Right. So that's what I, that's kind of what I mean. Is that, you talk about affirmative talk. Is Mm -hmm. that what that is? Or is that something else? So in the book, I have, well, I'll just, okay. Where this all came from is I was going to do a series of guided meditations. Okay. That were called affirmative talks that were about the different areas of life that are in the book. So in the book, I go through like nine life areas, um, family, body image, sexuality, gender, career, Mm -hmm. um, money, materialism, home, things like that. And and the idea of these is to help people release beliefs that are sort of hindering them from experiencing well-being and prosperity in these areas of life. Mm-hmm. And so those are what I call affirmative talks. So it's like, if an affirmation is one sentence, this is like, you know, 10 pages of a book that's mm-hmm. all about affirming this different perspective. And the reason for that is because I've had really good experience over the years, listening to like talks where it's um, not just one affirmation, excuse me. I mean, I've had good experiences with one affirmation too. Yeah. But listening to talks that are like, now we're going to really go on this journey of healing your relationship with food. And here's 10 minutes of that. And it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of builds up a whole system around an an affirmation that it seems like it would be easier to like see parts of that affirmative talk in your everyday life more than just like a one sentence affirmation. Right. Yeah. Well, and what, what the structure is in the book is I talk about where a lot of people are with these issues, 
where a lot of mm. negative beliefs about them tend to come from for a lot of people, mm-hmm. what the outcomes of those beliefs can be and their mm. impact on somebody's well-being, and then affirming a series of positive thoughts, healing, compassionate thoughts related to the subject with the idea that sort of walks you into you know, a new way of thinking yeah. and feeling about it. And if you do that over time, it can really make a big difference. Yeah. Well, that idea of, uh, of replacing the negative thoughts that you're getting rid of mm-hmm. with something that fills that space for that person right. seems like it would make it a lot easier for that change to be permanent than just saying, I'm not going to think negative anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would say is that like one of my, one of the challenges that you often see in CBT and not always, because some people don't do what I'm about to say, but is that like, there's a lot of emphasis on questioning thoughts, but there's not as much of an emphasis on affirming thoughts. Hmm. Like they will say, what is a sort of healthier thought and how do you feel now? But I mean, like really emphasizing, okay, let's affirm these thoughts 10 times a day. That's not usually Mm. part of CBT. Mm. And then conversely, in the new thought land, you have lots of affirmations, but not as much sifting through the thoughts that are there Mm. and questioning them and challenging them and trying to sort of pick them apart, which can be really helpful. Kind of thing. Is that what you mean? Or I just, I just think it's just not even part of the, the system, Oh, you know, like, like, um, it's just not usually part of the approach to be like, is this thought true? Is it not true? Mm. Why might this thought not be true? Right. right. Whereas in CBT, that's like the main thing right. that you yeah. that drives the process. Well, that's what I mean about spiritual bypassing. I feel like a lot of like new age or manifesting mm-hmm. stuff is a lot about just like, just vibrate at that right. energy and don't worry about like, yeah. just push everything down. And that's right. not helpful, but right. that's interesting. Cause I do, I have been noticing with um, myself that mm-hmm. I haven't been like, there's been so much clearing out of mm-hmm. um, like, my trauma basically mm-hmm. like healing it healing it definitely healing it but then i realized like a couple of months ago i haven't been focusing on well what's next then yes. like the expansion yeah. of feeling into my higher self or like being that you know yeah just creating that new like neural yeah. pathway and energetic pathway too yeah so that's um i love that you're doing that and yeah that's something else i've been working on too, just like creating a lot of meditations for expansion. Mm -hmm. I think you should still do those meditations. Well, so there's going to be an audio book and that will hopefully, and then that will be, (laughs) um, part of that. But I do. So I want to do a YouTube channel that is like all guided meditations. So that's, that is something I'm thinking about. It's just, you know, figuring out the timing of that and the the when of that. I did want to say to your point about um, affirmations, where this all started with me is that for about two years, I treated my own anxiety with a sort of more textbook CBT, Mm. questioning the thoughts, mindfulness practice, relaxation practice. And I felt like it was helpful, but only up until a point. And then when I realized I started an aff- affirming something to myself, which is that I have effective coping skills. And this is actually in the book mm. um, because I realized at one point, you know, my anxiety makes me feel like I can't do anything, but when I'm in the moment, I'm usually fine. Mm. So I actually do have effective coping skills. I just feel like I don't. So mm. then it was like, well, what if I tell myself 30 times a day that I have effective coping skills? And then eventually what happens is, the anxious feeling comes in and then that thought pops into my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so having that in addition to mindfulness and relaxation and questioning Mm -hmm. the anxious thoughts, it was like the missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, for me, like in inner child terms, it's like the inner child's anxious, but then you're like, 
oh, I'm actually okay. Like the mm-hmm. adult shows up to be like, I'm okay. Right. Look, uh, you're okay. You're okay. And I have been actually doing something similar. I'm really distracted by the fact that we didn't put on a light in here and now I'm slowly going into darkness. It's My face. Obviously yeah. listeners can't see that, but okay. <laughs> Just had to call that out. Um, so I've been doing something similar, but um, with s- saying um, new adventures or new things are safe mm-hmm. because whenever because you know the brain is like looking for right. the threat and wants safety so I'm just like telling it actually I'm safe in right. this new thing yeah. and the truth is I am so if right. I just keep but I haven't been doing it 10 times a day so I think it's like I'm only doing it when I'm feeling under right well, yeah or yeah, that repetition that you're talking about, Dorgadas, seems like it's almost creating uh, an inner cheerleader whose mm-hmm. response becomes as automatic as the inner critic. Like yeah. you, when you feel that stimulus, now it's, yeah. oh, here's your affirmation because you're so yeah. used to doing it. Yeah. With that particular type of affirmation, it's really about creating a reflex response so that you yeah. feel anxious and it just like pops into Boom. your mind. Yeah. 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 That's I great. really like that. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about um, how you deal with your inner critic. Um, and maybe it comes up in a different, in lots of different ways. And obviously, you know, I only see you and people who don't mm-hmm. know you see you just like when you're super calm. And like right. I said, um, you're, <laughs> you're, I'm laughing because I'm in the dark again. Um, you know, you're probably like very centered when you're doing mm-hmm. that, but, um, does it, since you've had so many years of a strong mm-hmm. spiritual practice, right? do you, does that come really easily for you or is it? Uh, okay. So know. this is one thing I would say about this. And, um, I actually talk about this a little bit in the book. So I think CBT has three phases. Phase one is you're learning it. It's all new. What have you? Phase two is you're getting so good at it that it becomes sort of reflexive to just question thoughts automatically. Mm -hmm. And then phase three is you've questioned thoughts so much that a lot of really extreme negative thoughts just don't come up anymore Mm -hmm. because your, your mind knows you're just going to tear it to shreds. (laughs) So it just, so it just doesn't go there very Uh often. And I, yeah. And I would say that at this point in my life, that's where I am most of the time, Mm. not always, Mm -hmm. not always, but most of the time, I mean, I have OCD sometimes when that gets active, it's not like that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, if a spell of depression sort of weaves in a little bit, but even then it's like, you know, cause this is also my day job, right? right. So yeah. not right. only exactly. do I question yeah. my own thoughts, I help other people question yeah. theirs all day. And I really believe in it, right? right. I'm not yeah. phoning it in. It's not just <laughs> right. a job to me. So, right. so yeah, I think that like, eventually if you do it enough, it really changes how the mind works. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, my inner critic is just sort of few and far between. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I experienced that, um, for a long time. And then, um, I noticed that it got like tricky, like it got sneaky. Mm -hmm. So it did just come in like as this maybe low grade depression, like you're talking about, like, it's just like, and I'm like, why am I feeling this? And then I realized it has to be quiet because it knows, like you said, it knows I'm just going to be like, yeah. okay. I mean, I treat it with compassion, but right. still, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Well, and I would say to that, like, so I definitely very much have an ego in uh-huh. the spiritual sense, right? Like I for sure have a part of me that resists positive change in my life and mm-hmm. has its own agenda of safety and not rocking the boat and all of those things. It just isn't usually a voice in my head telling me that I'm yes. not good. Right? right. So when I say inner critic, that's I, I would differentiate those oh, okay. two things. Um, so, um, yeah, so basically that's, I think that's the situation in terms of the depression. I mean, <clears throat> like every once in a while. Okay. So I feel like for me, when I experience depression, which at this point is not that often, mm-hmm. it's not usually, 
sometimes it's just like a seasonal thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the weather is, mm-hmm. is gray and gloomy and mm-hmm. something is like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I will notice that a thought that I'm not realizing I'm subconsciously thinking is bothering me mm-hmm. and then pull it up to the surface and mm-hmm. work through it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is for me, those, I feel like those are not usually thoughts where like there's the inner critic totally distortedly saying something that's just obviously problematic. Yeah. And then there's the stuff where you're like, that's just a hard thought. And honestly, it's kind of true mm-hmm. or, like or like what? there's truth to it. There's, there's validity to it. I should mm-hmm. say it that way. Well, like, okay. For example, like I'm 41 I've been single for three years. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I will have, you know, a thought pass through that's like, oh, that's sad. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, am I, am yeah. I ever going to meet somebody again? Right. Like the dating yeah. apps kind of stink and, yeah. you know, like the prospects aren't great and I'm 41. Now I have all, all my CBT training. So it's not like I stay in the well of that. Or I don't, you know, I don't pour gasoline on that fire to mix metaphors, but like that thought will come through and that's not a highly distorted, highly biased thought. Like there's validity to being concerned about that. So that's another thing is that I think like where my approach to CBT incorporates some feedback that people have had is I think a lot of people feel like CBT is saying, well, you can just think all your problems away by changing your Mm. thoughts. And I'm more like, well, sometimes there's truth to that. And sometimes there's less truth to that. And sometimes there's kind of no truth to that. So we do the best we can with compassion. Yeah. That to me does feel like spiritual bypass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Boy, now I really just to let listeners know I'm really covered in black. What happened? That just turned off. I didn't even do that. Did you? Wow. It couldn't take it. It was like I I got (laughs) taken in by the blackness. Right. Oh, that light isn't on. Well, okay. All right. We unfortunately have to wrap up anyway, but um, (sighs) this book is so, I mean, it is real. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to ignore that. My camera keeps turning off. And I will just say this book is like, it's very dense in a good way. There's so Mm. much material there for people to um, just dig in and get. I love this combination of the CBT and the spiritual, the heart. It's like the heart and the brain. I often say that like the inner critic lives in the head, like that Mm -hmm. harsh inner critic. And so that's where the CBT, I think is probably really helpful, but you having, I mean, you know, that I'm a big proponent of inner child work and Mm -hmm. that is always, um, the heart stuff, like connecting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say that we didn't cover about the book or, um, well, I would, I would just say that like, yeah, so it's to your point, it's like CBT. That's very heart oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, the thrust of it is compassionate thinking mm-hmm. and it's framed that way. And it's really about nurturing yourself, caring for yourself and accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that is different in the way that I do it from what's normally there. And with the spiritual integration, I also mm-hmm. wanted to say that uh, I'm active on Twitter and Instagram. So if people yes. want to Check that out. My Twitter is Durgadas A Doriel and my Instagram is Durgadas Alon Doriel. Yeah. Great. Yes. Yeah. So great. That's... And you can get the book now anywhere you can mm-hmm. get books, right? Is yes. Amazon yep, wherever books are sold. Places. Yes. I highly recommend we highly recommend it. That's Thank right. you so much for being here. We Thank really you for having me. Having yeah. You. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes, yep. you're welcome. Nice. Okay, that was fantastic. <laughs> He's saying it like that because <laughs> we actually are recording this part before we've interviewed him, but I am quite certain that it was fantastic. Oh, did I not sound sincere? Well, you said it was fantastic. I guess I, jo- I thought you were joking because we haven't done it yet. No, I was saying it for the benefit of the listener. I see. You were you were lying. I mean, listen, if it's not fantastic, this whole episode's going to hit the... Shit can. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no pressure, Durgadus. Why? Why would the whole episode? Do I that? just I'm joking. <laughs> it wouldn't. And it wouldn't not be uh, it wouldn't be anything but fantastic. Um okay. So now it is time for the energy report. That was great. That was really fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) It brought me back to to being um, in seventh grade when I wanted to be a newscaster. Yeah. And I used to bring in, um, you know, news news stories to read in front of the class. And if you can believe that I was looked at as a nerd, I don't know why. Those two facts don't fit together. I know. Thank you. But wait a minute. Would you bring them in like apropos of nothing? And just it wasn't apropos of nothing. It was social studies, and we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, what? How old were you at this? Well, I was eleven, potentially twelve. That's adorable. Well, thank you. Uh, if only Scott Martin had thought so. <laughs> <laughs> if Scott Martin had thought so, who, know, who knows where we'd be now? Probably in the same place. No, all right. Anyway, so that was a little shout out to, I have to know I have two friends from high school slash middle school who listen to this, so they'll get a kick out of that one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Not to mention Scott Martin, if he listens. I sincerely doubt that's happening. <laughs> I actually did get a bit of a complex from him. He was like, you know, popular and I was not. And at one, but he sat in front of me and we did talk a lot. And I, this was a middle school, middle school. I just said that really weird. Middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happening to me. Uh, Trust me, things changed in high school, friends. But anyway, he did notice that I had like a lot of, I'm trying to find, locate any and I can't, but I guess I had some kind of like freckles on my arm. Oh. Um, and I felt very self-conscious after. He kind of pointed them out in a way like he was sort of teasing me, but I was like, oh crap, now I, yeah. now I know something else wrong with me. Great. Uh. I don't think he meant it that way. Oh, let's not. But it doesn't sound like you guys had the kind of relationship where teasing was. uh, Well, no, we did. No, no, we were. He, we did, in the sense that he teased me, (laughs) and I. (laughs) And you tolerated it. And I tolerated it. I see. Oh, hello. I was never. David's here now again. David, our wonderful cat. Um, yeah, I don't think he really. I mean, like we did joke around but i just i'm i've never been the teasing type yeah no i've been the type to get teased (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to (laughs) section well no i did not but i didn't view it as bullying let's put it that way anyway that does remind me of uh, one other story i'll just be real quick about this but when i worked at um the Country Sun, which was in the Palo Alto local natural food store. I was teased a lot by these like three boys. At this point, trust me, I was not a nerd anymore, okay? <laughs> I had a boyfriend. <laughs> anyway, um, these three boys would tease me and this one in particular, this guy Matt, he would like I don't I remember crying one time. Now granted I took myself way too seriously at that time. I'm not blaming the victim, but I was not good at being, you know, teased with. I I got real serious about it whereas now I would not feel yeah. so I can't tell you you know how mean it actually was. Well, only how mean it felt. Yeah, it felt mean, but truly I don't know. That is about... Anyway, turns out spoiler alert is now the drummer for Maroon 5, who has its own problems. But one of our friends, this was then years later, like, I mean, and now years ago, but, (laughs) God, is this the most boring story? Anyway, when I was like 30, a mutual friend was talking to him, and 
they were talking about me that we had just met up again. And apparently he said, oh, is she still hot? Which I was like, <sighs> that guy thought I was hot. I thought he hated me. Mm. So you just, I mean, maybe he did. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> no, I suppose that's true. <laughs> but I did not have any idea that those feelings were happening. Yeah, well, it does sound like maybe one of those uh, stereotypical attempts by adolescent yeah. boys to uh, tease mm -hmm. the object of their affection. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to point out that okay. the two teasers mm -hmm. in these stories okay. both had names ending in double T's. And I like to think that I may have healed that oh, relationship no. for you. Well, now maybe. Yeah, by not. By now not that I know that. Yeah. yeah. Now that I yeah. have put to now you put together the double T <laughs> syndrome, which you know they write about in psychology books. The old yeah, double it's going to be in the DSM six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep. The truth is, I haven't <laughs> carried around any pain from that. There's, there, I had enough pain at home. <laughs> <laughs> no room in the old uh, pain gunny sack. In the memory banks for yep. those. Okay, let's just <laughs> move on, shall we, to the energy report? My God. Okay, so here we go. Basically, let me tell you, I'm seeing this coming week or feeling into it. So the energy report is I'm feeling into the energy for the week. I'm not predicting specifics, but just what I get a sense of with the energy. So I will say the first few days, like I'm going to say Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it does feel like a bit of a continuation of the previous week, which by the way, I have known so many people who have had really hard weeks the last couple of weeks yeah. and not just people coming to me who we could assume they're having a hard time, which is why they're coming to me, but <laughs> also friends. Um, yeah. Also me a little bit, not really, but it's been challenging. Hasn't been the easiest. So that it does feel like a continuation of that in the sense of more, it keeps feeling like a weeding out of mm. what doesn't align with the heart. Um, and it does feel like it's related to relationships. This feels more like, king of swords energy so like xing out like taking your sword and being like no i do not align with this i do not align with this behavior or i don't align with this relationship or maybe even a i do align with these like getting really clear about what you do align with and what you don't align with like and using that might the, using the sword to like draw a line almost like between yeah to cut out what That's isn't working bad. and what isn't working the sword energy in tarot is um is the mental realm hmm. it's air which is sort of associated with mental so it is very much about maybe even having more of an intellectual understanding of what isn't working and what is working and then deciding oh i need this boundary or i don't need this boundary or you know just getting some more clarity there then feeling into the weekend, it feels almost like, oh, like the benefits of doing that, of getting more clear, connects you again to the heart, which I mentioned last week. And it feels like a really nice weekendy kind of energy, like a loving, like, oh, I made those changes and now I can float on this <laughs> feeling and this mm -hmm. river of loveliness. And oh, mm -hmm. isn't this nice? And like, I feel more connected to my heart in, in terms of these relationships and it feels good. And I do know we're going into Scorpio season that Sunday. Um, hello to my Scorps. Just wanted to say that. Hey, what up, Scorpies? <laughs> so <laughs> that happens. And Scorpio is a deep, you know, like, a, it's a very deep sign. It's a very, how I'm feeling it is more watery going in the depths of it. Um, but it does feel good. And then we do have an eclipse on that Tuesday, I believe, um, which... To me, it actually just feels more like a deepening of the weekend feeling of the heart. But mm -hmm. it also feels like as we go deeper into that next week, which I'll talk about next week, I guess. But it, it you can still stay connected to the heart, but it, it's more of a clearing out than from an emotional standpoint as opposed to intellectual. Hmm. So um, I guess my... Um, 
suggestions would be to when you're in that heart space, really own it, like allow yourself to feel it, go with it, try, especially if it has been a lot of or more intellectual work the in the previous days, like really let yourself get into your body, feel it, love it, be there, um, enjoy it. Mm. Um and also doing that will help you to connect more to your wise self, your inner adult. And so if there is stuff coming up in the next week with that deeper eclipse energy and also from the past weeks, you can't, it, you can't go wrong by just being more present with your whole self and being connected to your heart. You really can't. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> um okay so that's it thank you everybody so much for listening for telling your friends for just being here period we certainly appreciate you we're taking that in so we'll see you next time bye